You're listening to Puck and Roll. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game, get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Puck and Roll podcast. This In this episode, we will talk about a variety of topics, uh, including some that we didn't quite hit in the last episode, which we planned on getting done, but we ran over time, which happens relatively often for us. Uh, so in this one, we will be talking about prospects and prospects and more prospects as well. And I'm joined by, as always, the wonderful Joshua Rosa and Aaron Idovich. We want to talk about a couple names that are kind of floating out there in the range where the Habs have two first round draft picks, which is what currently about the eight to 15 range. Uh, but with the way the hats are currently playing, it will quickly be like the three to 18 range. Uh, the two but... toughest, the two toughest uh, remaining schedules, schedules yeah. are Florida and Montreal. Indeed Montreal they are. has both those first round picks. Uh, and uh, Florida's burning. They, they, they are currently, uh, I, they were losing four, nothing last I checked in their game today, uh, which is. Uh, it got up to four, three. And then it was 5-3 because Kretschy scored. So they, they lost? They, they lost, but... It, eh, who cares? Uh, they didn't get any points. That's all that matters. Since we've already notched ourselves down to uh, unspecified on our... Oh, yeah. Rating, gotta make, I can say, most of it. Bill, Bill Zito, you got to use protection. <laughs> <laughs> How do you trade away and unprotect the 2023 first for Ben Chirot, of all guys? Like sure, if it was if it was, if it was the Claude Giroux trade, it's like okay, that's a big risk. But at least they have Giroux. they have twenty twenty four top ten protection on Claude Giroux. It's insane. They protected the pick. It's on insane. Giroux. It's it's absurd. And I'm saying this as a scout. Like this was not like unforeseen that the twenty twenty three draft class was going to be very very good. Like look, I'm not saying it's better than twenty fifteen, but it's in the same tier as twenty fifteen. And look back at the 2015 draft. That was a good group. That is a draft where Sebastian Ajo went in the second round. Like this, like this is a comparable draft class. And so there exciting. are many names to be excited about. And um, yeah, so uh, a, a few names to kind of just throw out there. One of my personal favorites is Gavin Brindley, who is on the U.S. 
uh, World Junior Championship roster, unlike Will Smith, who, not that Will Smith, different Will Smith. This is an 18 or 17 year old Will Smith. Hockey fans, like the last one through DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers uh, can bet just $5 draft, pre game money line on any NHL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payouts. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet five dollars on any NHL team to win move, their game. Get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. He is dynamic. He is tenacious. He's everything that you want an undersized player to be. And I, I just, I love his combination of motor and skill and determination. Uh, and Aaron, I, I know you've watched a game of Brindley's as well. What are your takeaways? So in my first released rankings of the season, which was on November 22nd, I did my top 22. Gavin Brindley wasn't even in my, on my radar. Like I had never heard of him apart from watching him with Fantilly because when I watched him with Fantilly, I was like, oh, this guy is definitely already drafted because he's really good. And then I'm like, wait, he's a draft eligible player. And Sebastian, thank you so much. He sent me scouting tape and I watched a game of Brindley's and I'm like, whoa, he is really, really skilled. Like he's, he has that kind of IQ that you're not expecting out of a player in the 15 range. And the way that he puts the game together, it's just, it's, it's like, there's some rough parts. I think his physicality could improve. His positional awareness could improve, but the pieces are there to turn into a real top six player. For sure. I, I, I currently have him ranked seventh overall. I'm, I'm really bullish on Brindley. Uh, I, I think personally, I think that the, the biggest thing he needs to improve is to not be going 100% at all times. He needs to learn to control his pace because I love the fact that, that, that he plays at, at like breakneck pace all the time. But sometimes it's <laughs> advantageous to slow down a little bit and to to go at different speeds because you add dynamism that way. You, you have more time to survey the ice and find that open space that you're talking about, right? For the space. I, I never draft for size, but when he's, he's playing, it's very apparent that he's five, nine, one sixty. He's not big. No, he, he's not big. However, when you have a small player, uh, I look for a few things, right? First of all, how do you withstand physical contact? That is the biggest thing, Right. I don't, I care less about size than I do about how you withstand physical pressure, right? If you cannot withstand a physical pressure, that is quite a big red flag. It's why, for instance, I'm a bit lower on a guy like Riley Kidney, who is not small, but he's, 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 he's lean and he's light and he does not withstand physical pressure all that well. Brindley, on the other hand, is small for sure, but he has a good understanding of leverage and he, he even initiates contact relatively consistently and uh he constantly attacks the middle and that for me is such a that's big an nhl skill it's, a, it's an nhl habit and to do that at his size in the ncaa as a freshman as a draft eligible of all things is huge and it's also one of the reasons i adored frank naser last season right like i ranked him second overall i <laughs> i adore frank naser uh and that's a similar habit that brindley has as well uh he's really quick he has excellent edge work uh he has a 
it's a very fluid skater. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the skating, actually. And I know some people are a little bit cooler on his skating, but I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, in transition, he's constantly scanning. He has quick hands, uh, uses uh, lateral movement consistently. He's not, a, not, not just a north-south guy. He will use the width of the ice uh, to its highest potential. He's really calculated, and I, I love his playmaking ability. He he really opens up his body to whip passes across uh, and to, to to kind of just delay the, the time it, it takes for uh, basic defenders to read what he's going to do, right? Like, he will... He will take until the last possible second until he hints whether he's going to shoot or he's going to pass, which is a great, great habit. Everything of his game is refined and calculated, apart from the fact that he goes at a breakneck pace at all times. But again, I prefer if you go 100% at all times than if you go at 20% at all times, right? Like it is still something that he should correct with time. But he's intelligent enough where I think with targeted development, that's not going to be an issue. So Gavin Brindley, I'd be I'd be shocked if he's off the board by 15. Uh, so if the Habs and snap him up, snap him up in that range, that is a home run swing. Uh, I am a huge fan of Brindley's. I know there's about a handful of public scouts that are like super excited about Gavin Brindley, where it's like banging the table for him around the 15 range. And a lot of people that are a little bit more skeptical, or they're thinking more like the late 20s, mid to late 20s. Uh, which I can yeah. understand as well, but for me, uh, he's in is, my. Uh, that's that. It's a risk I'd take personally. He's in my seven to eleven range. That is just full of prospects we love. It starts yeah. off with Callum Ritchie, and then it has Axel Sandin, Pelica, Gavin Brindley, and it ends off with Will Smith. We we can so also just, talk about about Callum Ritchie because he's an interesting case where I, I know I I introduced uh, you to him and was very bullish on him, and then I, I immediately. I, I've cooled on on Richie quite a bit, personally. Uh, I think Richie in my rankings is down to like 13, 14 ish. He, what? yeah, I know, I know, it's surprising because uh, I actually because the production picked up. He's out of point per game now. Yeah, I know production has picked up, but his actual style of play has shifted. Uh, so uh, it it wasn't just me either. I know that the Dauber scouts saw the same thing, and today uh, EP Elite Prospects released their uh, first top 32 rankings and they made the exact same like uh point so I'm, I'm actually confident and it's not just being a sample issue uh over the last month or so uh callum ritchie has really dialed back his intensity and for me what made him so special and what i've been saying my scouting reports all season is his unique combination of tenacity and playmaking ability and high-end iq that is just not something you see very often as a combination He's really laid off the gas pedal with that tenacity. And he's currently Maybe playing an injury. More, that's not my sense personally, it, because it seems more of like either it's an instruction or he's trying to alter it to kind of spark plug his, his production. That, that's what it seems more to me personally. But again, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't have that inside information. So I, I'm kind of in the dark. So I have to just go based off of what I'm seeing, at least for now. Because... Look, uh, I, but, but the but, game but, that but, I watched of his in full and that I really scouted was from like October, November. Exactly. But in that game, so it's earlier in the season. Yeah. Awesome. No, 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 no. Early, early in the season for sure. I, I'm yeah. saying really since beginning of November ish uh, is when is me like the first after the first week of November is when I saw that shift uh, from the games I've been scouting. 
And it's been pretty consistent since then uh, where he's playing a Shane Wright style of play, right? Where he's, he's kind of holding back, lurking, observing, and striking. The thing is, he's not Shane Wright. Uh, and, and, and I know earlier on in an earlier podcast, I said that I might take Callum Ritchie over Shane Wright if they were head to head. That was not me saying I want Callum Ritchie to play a Shane Wright stock. That's not what I was saying at all. I, I, I like Richie because he is that kind of a unicorn of a player with that combination of skills that is so effective. But if he's laying off of, of that tenacity and trying to develop more as that like cerebral playmaker who, who is more of an F3 in the offensive zone rather than, than the F1, I still like him, but more as a middle six guy. I, I, I don't think that he has that combination of elite level vision, elite level awareness, elite play connecting that Shane Wright does that makes Wright so effective. And I'm a little bit concerned with Richie of if this is something that will continue. So again, rankings shift throughout the year, right? So I am, I'm reacting to what I'm seeing currently. It's also a thing of I'm watching more of more players. So he's slipping down my ranking, just be, not because he's getting worse, which I still think he, he has gotten less effective over the last month, but also because other guys are just overtake, overtaking him. He like, like so, some guys I wasn't expecting to, 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 to jump over him have. So another, like, like Gavin Brindley would be one. Another guy I've loved is Jaden Perron. Uh, he, my first viewing of him uh, was after the smart scouting rankings came out and they have him top 10. And I was like, what, who is this? I, I, I'd heard of him, but never in the conversation of top 10. So I was like, okay, I have to check this guy out. Cause smart scouting had a lot of smart people on there. Uh-huh. Funnies. Funnies. Uh, but, but yeah, so I, I checked him out and I, I was a bit tired during that, 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 that viewing, but I was like, okay, Really good off-puck movement, really smart, good hands. But even I was concerned about the size. This man is under 150 pounds, which is always notable. And he looks like it. Uh, so I was I was always drawn to Macklin Celebrini when I was watching that first game. Because uh, for those who don't know, Macklin Celebrini is probably going to go first overall uh, in the following drafts in 2024. And he plays on the same line as Jaden Perron. Uh, he's he's amazing. I I love I love Celebrini. I think he's an Adam Fantilli like tier player. I think he's he's tremendous. Uh, but I I came away thinking that Perron was a good but risky player, uh, and kind of slotted him more in my twenty range. And then I got another two viewings uh, because uh, a, a buddy of mine, Sam McGilligan, who's also an amazing scout. Uh, was telling me that he was he had Perron over Matt Bay Mitchkov. And I was like, okay, okay. Sam, Sam is a smart enough person where he's not gonna just make those claims to be spicy. He, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna back it up. So I I DM'd him being like, okay, I've watched a bit of Perron. I've watched a decent amount of Mitchkov. I don't quite see it. Sell me on Perron. And then he sold me on Perron. Um <laughs> uh, and I, I decided to go back for another two viewings, uh, back to back. And basically, I, I, I saw very different things from the first game. Ba- well, I mean, actually, no, I saw similar things, but I just saw far higher end abilities of all the things I thought he was good at. He's amazing at the off puck movement is elite. Uh, he finds space like 
I want to say no other in the draft class, but that might be spicy. Um, he he finds open space so well in the offensive zone. He is a true dual threat. He's probably the best playmaker apart from uh, from Andrew Cristal. Uh, Will Smith is in the same conversation as well. Uh, but I, I I love Ferran's playmaking ability. Uh, the handling skill is elite. Uh, he constantly scans with the puck in transition. He is so, so calculated in every facet of the game. He has defensive upside with the positioning and pressure. He is a very good skater. He does lack a, he lacks elite top speed, but that's not the biggest issue, at least for the time being. He's going to have to correct that as time moves on, but he's playing the USHL right now, right? Like he, he has some time. Uh, but I, I've loved everything I've seen of Peron since that first viewing and uh, currently have him in my top 10. Uh, so Jaden Peron, uh, I like him. I like him a lot. And uh, he's a guy that, again, small guys fall. And he is under 150 pounds. There is a chance where he falls with a half second round pick. Uh, I, I think that is a distinct possibility, despite the high end skill, that that could happen. And if it does, Elaine Hudson situation, Elaine, it, it really would be. Um, and again, it would be a bet on on high, on like really elite skill, elite smarts, elite habits. That is that's a trio I will bet on all day, every day. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm a, I'm a really really big fan of uh, of Jaden Perron. Um, so you mentioned uh, Will Smith. That's maybe one I of did. The guy. I did indeed. What are, you, what are like your thoughts old- on Will Smith? I have him ranked 11th right after Gavin Brindley. It's the range. I, it's in the range. There's people out there saying that he should go like third or fourth overall. I don't see I that. don't see that. I don't see that either. Because, no. look, he's... I, I, I have him at 12. I have him at 12 currently. Yeah, okay. I, I've seen a lot of things that I like, but people are acting like he's not in the USHL. People are acting like he's putting up these numbers in the NCAA. Yeah. It's... I'm not gonna say the, the numbers the numbers in isolation are are what like Jack Hughes level, right? Like for the NCAA. Like, yeah. like they, they are tremendous at the same they're, time. They're fantastic, I, but a lot of points in these like uh, I put the USHL not quite, but right around the tier of how I judge QMJHL points. Where yeah, a it's, lot a, of it's players, a bit it's a bit stronger. I, uh, a lot a lot of players put up a lot of points. The trend, okay, the, the, the transition defense in the USHL is worse than the Q, but the in-zone defense structures are more consistent. So, honestly, defensively on par, yeah. Yeah, so th- that's ex- kind of exactly where I put I put them very, very similar, where I judge points like that. And anybody who looks on Elite Prospects and see, wait, 50-something points in 20-something games, this kid's the next Gretzky. Yeah. I've watched now three games of Will Smith, and I haven't seen – Anything to tell me that he's going to be more than a middle six forward? I mean, the thing is, in the USHL, like, because thing is, the US NDP is not a USHL team. They play USHL friendlies. Because it, it's the US, US NDP Junior or something. In in, in in the USHL, uh, Will Smith has played eight games and put up ten points. Like, no, again, again it's I, a small I'm, sample. I'm, but... I'm, I'm always of the mind that that production is but a tool to use while judging players, right? Like, like this is this is also why I 
I, I, I have critiques for, with people that use NHLE as the be-all end-all of, of, of prospects and their upside. So the people that are like, oh, look at Jordan Dumais, who's putting up generational numbers in the QMJHL. He is a future first-line player. And I'm like, maybe no. if everything goes right, but no, like that's not, that's not a fair projection or pressure to put on, on him either. Like this is a player who lacks elite IQ, who lacks good skating, who lacks size, who is purely a, per- a perimeter player does not drive the middle in the QMJHL of all leagues. I don't, that, 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 that profile spooks me uh, for similar reasons that Riley Kidney spooks me, the prospect of just like, yes, there is a world where he becomes a second line player, but we have seen of the last eight Riley kidneys, one or two have made the NHL, right? Like, like this is, yeah. I'm not saying that Will Smith isn't an NHL player. I, I'm ranking him 12th overall in a terrific draft class, right? Like, like I am a big fan of Will Smith. His playmaking ability is top three in the class uh, behind Crystal in the same league as, as Jaden Perron. Uh, I, I, I'm a really big fan of, of, of that. Uh, he has some of the best hands in the draft. Uh, his, his creativity with the puck is also kind of top in the class. I like. Like for me, his is it's a weird comparable because like it doesn't really, it's not a perfect comp, but they're never perfect comparables uh, when you're comparing draft prospects with NHLers. But Trevor Zegras' style of of high end skill, high end creativity, he lacks Zegras' speed, and that is one thing that concerns me a little bit. Uh, but he's a very good prospect. I, I, I like Will Smith. But if the Habs are picking like fourth or fifth overall on the Gil Will Smith, I'm going to have a few questions. Uh, I, it wouldn't be a bad pick. I'm not saying it would be a bad pick, but there'd be other swings that I would prefer to take personally. Like if, if we're talking about 15 or 17, yeah. 18, that range, he, he, yeah. He's not going to be there. He, he, he won't be there in that range. Like, like Will Smith – has he's all six foot, he, six foot one, he, like one ninety or something. That's exact. Like he's, I, I have him down at six feet one eighty two, but that could be out of date on my on my sheet. Uh, he's he's not small. He's a high skill guy. He's the best. You went you you was NTDP guy in this draft class. Like he's he's going to go in the top ten. I'd be shocked if he didn't, unless there's like a character issue in interviews that makes him fall out of the top ten. I think, like, my my current prediction is Bedard at one, Fantilli at two, Carlson at three, and then it's going to be wide open. Um, I think I think of the names of, like, Mitchkov, uh, Benson, Shaleh, uh, Dvorsky, Jaeger, Richie, and Smith. Uh, put that in the blender. Uh, I don't think Cristal is going to go in that range. I think he's going to fall a bit. Same thing with Perron and Brindley. Same thing with Gliaya and Sandy Pelica. But there's just a ton of names that could go in any order. I also wouldn't be shocked if a guy like like Quentin Musty just randomly goes seventh, like seventh overall. overall. But like, I, I, I understand it because if you think you can get good Quentin Musty to be consistent Quentin Musty 
Hell yeah, seventh overall. Give that to me, but, right? See, like, I, I have a prediction on why we both said seventh, seventh overall. The Ottawa Senators held the seventh overall pick at this year's draft. If they're going to go for some, I, I was going to say, I, I was, I was going to say top ten, but I was like, I want to make it spicier. That was, that was my, my mindset. But Quentin Must is a guy I've watched a lot of. Um, I, I, I look. One viewing, he looks like a top ten talent. The next, he looks like a C grade prospect. Uh, I have him twenty three. It is. I think I also have him twenty three. Uh, same range. What? Uh, I, I I like I I like Musty. Uh, I I think he'd be like if you can get him on day two of the draft. Hell yeah, take that swing. Uh, his tools are like among the five best in the entire draft class, and that's really saying something. Uh, he is. He has the best combination of skill power and well skill and power put it that way is the best combination of skill and power in the entire draft class um his his hockey sense is a big question mark to me um his decision making can be really poor he will consistently decide to, to solo rush against four defenders when he has support right behind him and just decides not I to use it i think he's going to go in the teens just because he's i i would I agree i I think a team like uh, like Nashville is going to pick him. I was I was going to say Nashville because of Mirosevchenko. I mean, they, they, they went they went uh, uh, went to Washington. Really? Yeah. Who did Nashville take? I forget, but Mirosevchenko is uh, is a Washington Capital. Oh, I yeah, can check I can I can check who uh, Nashville took. Oh wait, they took uh, Yo- Nashville, Kamel. Uh, Kamel. That's a I didn't. Why did my brain not register Kamel as a predator? That's weird. Um, yeah, that's a weird one. Okay, anyways, uh, but yeah, like like must to the Preds would make sense to me. Um, I, again, I, I wouldn't hate it as a pick. It's just it's a risk, and I prefer taking my risks on guys that have a combination of high end skill and high end smarts. Uh, Musty's combination is high end skill and high end power. Right. That that is. Look, a lot of NHL teams are going to love that combination, right? If you can, and if you can, fought, if you can help develop his decision making, uh, give him an, an average hockey sense, and you're going to get a very interesting top six player. Uh, he has such amazing skill, and he, he he's a game breaker when he's on. But he's an, not even just a non-factor. He he hurts his team when he's not on, and that can like Josh me. Anderson. He has way more skill. Like, 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 he is far more skilled than a Jock Anderson. Uh, he has tremendous hands. He has among the three best hands in the entire draft class. Um, like, his handling skill is food as butter. And uh, his playmaking goes from, well, his passing ability goes from missing three foot passes in the buildup to running the needle on a crossing pass, on a no look crossing pass in the offensive zone. So, it's a bit of a wild card with the passing ability, but there are flashes of brilliance. With Josh Anderson, we are shocked if he even attempts a crossing path, let alone completes one. So that's what keeps happening whenever I think about Josh Anderson is we're talking about trading him for like the tenth overall pick. Every like, there's twenty guys in this draft that are more skilled than Josh Anderson. Twenty? That's a that's a low. Ball. I'm being I'm being generous yeah, because I want to just in case like real NHL scouts are listening to this. He's I mean, very I, high I, I don't. I, I don't think NHL scouts would would doubt it if we're talking about skill. I think if you're talking about value, that 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 that's where you get into a more contentious area. 
But if we're talking pure skill, no one's going to say, oh, Josh Anderson is among the most skilled Montreal Canadiens. They're going to say he's their most powerful player. He's their most, I guess, uh, intense Five and a half million dollar player. Yeah, but 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 skill has never been his calling card, and and no one's going to trade for him because he's skilled. They're going to trade for him because they think he complements their skilled guys. Whether or not that is the fact, we can disagree on. But but and it doesn't really matter once he's traded. Nope, it does not. Uh, and I I think we can all agree that if the Habs can get a massive return for him at this stage of of the rebuild or retool or whatever the hell it is, that you do it. Um, but yeah, so Quentin Musty's fun. Uh, what, what one more name that we wanted to throw out into the abyss of prospects that is available in this first round range that I personally would not like in this range, but I know that Josh has also watched Colby Barlow, who plays for Owen Sound, is a line mate of uh Habs prospect actually in Sid Lake Uh, so Josh, uh, what are your takeaways from Colby Barlow? Yeah, if we're talking about comparables to Josh Anderson. Um, yep. Colby Barlow is a pretty yep. good, uh, good thing. If you like take a lot of the criticisms that you have of Josh Anderson and that applies to Barlow, he can be game breaking at one point where he looks unstoppable because there's times where you see Josh Anderson run down the rush and you just think there's like nothing that you do to stop that. And he Barlow doesn't have as far as I've seen that game breaking speed that Josh Anderson has, but he complements it with a better shot and better hands. He, he lacks the acceleration, like, yeah. like Josh Anderson just shoots a bit of a cannon when he wants to. Barlow picks up really good speed when he has like four or five strides to, to really ramp it up. Uh, so when he goes behind the net. And like ramps up his speed uh, on like a on on a retrieval. There he can really get going. When he gets going, he's unstoppable. Like he's a freight train. But he lacks that acceleration. So that would be one thing to develop if you have him in your system. But the shot, as you're saying, is is lethal. Like yeah. his, it's a cannon. What what's less lethal is his shot selection. Uh, he will shoot from anywhere and everywhere in the offensive zone. And similar to, to Josh Anderson. He really, really, really lacks passing, not, not just passing ability, but, but pass but the, the willingness to pass. And Owen Sound has some pretty good players, and uh, he just doesn't use them. And that that's a concern for me. He will solo rush consistently. Um, what he lo- loves to do is to rush up the boards with the puck. Uh, he has better hands than, than Josh Anderson already, so that that's less of a concern to me. Uh, he will handle the puck around a defender, take the outside lane, and then once he enters the offensive zone, he'll try to cut to the middle. It's a very consistent rhythm for him, though, where he's not deceptive in his transition at all because it's always the same blueprint of boards, 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 get into the offensive zone, drift into the middle, shoot. And often he shoots from like further away than the, ha- than the hash mark, so he's taking kind of a low-danger shot. Uh, and just kind of gifting possession away. Again, against OHL goaltenders, it works relatively often. And his production shows it. Like, he's the highest producing draft eligible in the entire OHL right now. But I don't rank him in my first round right now. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced of the value, personally. Unless, again, th- we're getting into the meta of scouting here, but unless you want to draft him 
knowing that he's going to be a high value player in the NHL when he develops and then flipping him. But like at that point, why, why, why develop a player for years while you're planning on trading him? Right. Like that's, Oh my God. I love that. idea. It's, so it's way too meta. It's way too meta though. Right. And, and also like if, if you if you become like known for developing players, just to flip them, you're going to get a bad rep, not just in the league, but also with the prospects you're drafting of the uncertainty of playing with you and seeing their future with you. So I, I, that that's that's more of like an NHL GM thing than the you know, like reality one. Earlier in the episode, we were talking about uh, the trade for Lafreniere. I was thinking maybe like a name could be Emil Heineman, but do we really want to trade him for a fourth time before he ever plays an NHL game? Poor guy. Poor yeah, guy, right? Yeah. Uh, but... I- Third, third time, third time only. Third, oh, yeah, Florida, Calgary. Calgary <laughs> I'd rather just go with the, like, set thing. Like, you have a better option for yeah. longer term. Me too. Like, for sure. guaranteed. Take it. For like, sure. If you're trying exactly. to think two to three moves ahead. No, I, you, I agree. You might be overthinking it. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it is, right? It's, it's meta. It's, it's meta and it's too much. I, I, I agree. I, I just wanted to throw that out there just as a, like a, a weird concept. Oh, of course, but, yeah. But no, it's not one I would I would really You're entertain. just adding more variables. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Potentially go wrong. Yeah. Of, all, of also, I think for me, it's also like a mental thing of like, okay, I, I shouldn't rank Barlow too low to the point where like it's absurd given the value he would have in the NHL, right? It's also that kind of uh, like for me like to not like overcompensate on 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 rank him lower than the consensus has him but yeah for me it's outside my, my first round I, I don't hate him as a prospect at all I, I think he has decent upside as a middle six winger it's just a middle six winger who is very limited in how he adds to the game like he is a pure volume shooter he's a decent power forward but lacks dynamism lacks passing ability lacks defensive value as leadership qualities is just yeah inconsistent yeah. right of like of like look that, like sure last year i would have ranked him in my first round probably right and that, that that that's great but in this draft he's more of a 35 to 45 range guy uh from what i've seen so far but look again I, whenever I, I i doubt prospects i want them to prove me wrong like make me look an idiot right like I, that's why i was so happy with Vinny roar this season is because like oh I ranked in the 80s last year, and you're looking like a guy I should have ranked in the 40s or 50s. Thank you. That's awesome, right? Like, prove me wrong. I, I, I want to look like a dumbass on some of these. I also want to look, like, like smart on the ones I'm really, like, hyping up, obviously. I don't want to be, like, a bad scout. But, like, like I, I'm never going to, like, like cheer on a player to not hit their potential. Like, no. Like, like, like please, do prove me wrong. There's one player I don't want to reach his potential. It's Logan Mayu. I oh, never yeah. want to see that guy in an NHL uniform. I mean, I, I, uh, it's tough for me because I, I, I don't, I don't want the Habs organization to benefit off that pick specifically. I think at this point, ideally, like for me, the Maybe ideal the Rangers want him. Like for me, the ideal scenario with Mayu would have been the Habs don't sign him; they get their compens- their compensation second round pick 60, 60 in this year's. Overall. I don't care, right? Like, think third overall, I think you get a better player than Logan Mayu uh, yeah. in this draft class. Uh, like, a first-hand talent's going to fall to you. Like, just, just, just be like, okay, new regime. We're cleansing ourselves from this. Like, 
just the absolute worst PR move the Habs have ever made in their organization's history, um, right? Just like, yeah, it makes me so disappointed in the new regime. They're yeah, I, I agree. They're, pl- yeah. they're planning to stick with him. Like they're they're planning to develop I mean, him into an they, NHLer. They didn't even wait to the end of the season. They didn't wait. Like at, at the very least, they're going to sign him. Sign him in the offseason. Like give him a full season in the OHL. But we we could talk about that that topic for hours. I yeah. just think it would have been the best the best case scenario for everyone involved. Right, the Habs can move on. Uh, my you can get a fresh start with a new fan base where. His Boston entrance, his, his signing. But thing is, if the Habs didn't sign him and he signed with another a different team, it's a different scenario, right? Like he's not being added right in the midst of this entire situation. He's being added as a young man who is a few years removed from this whole thing. Granted, I think people would turn into another Mitchell Miller situation. Totally different no, crimes. I, I fully dis. I, I actually fully disagree. I think with, with Mitchell Miller, it was. One of the rare situations where, uh, like to to publicly back that signing, you were basically calling yourself out on horrible, horrible, ableist and racist crimes, right? Yeah. With my you, again, it's, it's just a thing of those crimes not being comparable, and 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 that. And I genuinely nothing. feel like he's trying to make and, an and, effort. And, and it's nothing to say that 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 I I don't want to imply in any way that what the victim of Logan use crime is not suffering at all. Like that's not that's the last thing I'm trying to say here. It but it, it is also think like what we're saying about like accountability, right? Like like Mayu's saying all the right things. Again, he, he has PR agents telling him to say the right things and everything. Mitch Miller didn't even say the right things. Like like oh my that, God, I hate. I want to punch I, that kid in the we face. Could, like, oh yeah, I think I think every humane person would love to punch Mitch Miller in the I face. I think Patrice Bergeron wanted to punch him in the face. Oh my! Oh, he he definitely did, and I, I love Patrice Bergeron for that. But but I, I, going back to my you of, of like, I, I really don't think it would be received in anywhere near the same way as Mitch Miller. Uh, I, I think that if he'd gone to a new organization, it would have been a fresh start for him as well in a sense, um, and that it could have been just the best-case scenario where, where I think the Habs would get a better prospect through the draft pick that they get yep. in compensation. I it would think have been for the Habs organization, it would have been beneficial on a PR standpoint of the, the new regime moving on. I think for my U, it would, it would have been beneficial to move on to a different organization where it doesn't have this severely tarnished like, reputation but, where, but where, also where, where more than half tarnished. the fan base wouldn't want him to see well because thing is it, it's also a thing of like the situation where you add the player right like like i think the overall consensus at this point with my you is that yes horrible thing and he was gifted a first round selection but he never could have gotten he shouldn't have been picked at all in that draft at the same time he's he is he saying the right things he is saying the right things at least and like, but the thing that irks me, in in one half the fan base never wants to see him in the uniform. Half the half the fan base thinks he's going to win a Norris in his rookie season. So he's coming yeah. in with both and the lowest it, and the highest expectations. It's so weird. At least, at least, if he were to move on to a nor- to new organization, he gets a a new start, both in terms of like how he's perceived as a person, but also a new start in how he's perceived as a player, because. Yeah. Look, the expectation that, ha- that that a good chunk of this fan base has of him, of being a future first pairing player, is unfair to Mayu as a player. Like, like he is not look, that. Some people, like, like, the logic behind it for some people is he dropped to 31st overall because of what he did. He didn't. The logic he for didn't. some other people are like, 
he he's just he he's being like falsely accused and he's actually a, a folk hero and we should all yeah pray to him every night but i, I think honestly i kind of just want to wrap up the my you discussion just because it's 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 exhausting to talk about but i think i, I think i speak for a lot of fans where i just say I'm, I'm just disappointed with the Habs regime and this decision and also when they took it but they did it and uh, my use of a hab um and it is what it is but yeah uh on that uh cheery note uh, i think we're <laughs> gonna wrap up uh, <laughs> this podcast uh thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next week Hanukkah, here comes Hanukkah, so much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. <laughs> When you feel like the only kid in town Without a Christmas tree Here's a list of people who are Jewish Just like you and me (laughs) David Lee Roth Lights the menorah so do James Conkirk, Douglas, and the late Dinosaur. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli. <laughs> <laughs>